Welcome and thank you for taking the time to listen to the Word of God released through Randolph Barnwell. Randolph is the founder and senior elder of Gate Ministries Durban Central. Be encouraged to access free additional resources for your edification at randolphbonnell.com. Great grace, peace, and mercy from Christ be multiplied to you as you listen to this teaching. I'm not going to recap because it'll just take time. I'm going to get straight into just, I don't want to be too long this evening, but I want to get straight into the word um, that we want to do for tonight. I will encourage you to keep rehearsing prior sessions and to keep meditating on what we've established up until this point. Amen? So that um, um, you constantly rehearse. I find myself constantly going back to prior sessions, rereading, meditating, hearing again the word of the Lord. Rehearse by listening to the CDs as well as reading the notes. It's imperative that each family be armed with a copy of the audio as well as a copy of the notes and that the audio is played over and over again. I call it the second hearing. The second hearing is very important. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. So it's hearing and hearing. There's a second hearing. Hearing and hearing by the, by the word of the Lord. And um, it's important for meditative purposes for um, repetitive hearing. When we do the study on meditation, which is something I really want to get into, about three or four weeks from now, we'll do it. Because the, the key to success, the key to prosperity, one of the keys is the meditation on the word of the Lord. God said to Joshua, this book of the law will not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night. That no might observe to do all that is written therein, for then you will make your way prosperous. Prosperity doesn't, let me just say this to you, if you're not doing that, prosperity will not come to you. If your engagement with the meditation of the word is fleeting, you literally have to soak year, year again, revolve, one of the, 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 the Hebrew words for meditate is to revolve the thought over and over and over and over again in your mind to such a point where it makes a pathway of thought in your mind. Right? So it's not a fleeting engagement. Meditation demands um, going over and over um, the verses, the principles, the word of the Lord again. Because then obedience becomes possible. Meditate that you might observe to do. When you do, you will have good success. So the critical ingredients in between hearing and doing is a lack of meditation. Filling our minds with the wrong things. Stop. Uh, don't even fill your mind with TV programs if you have to. I didn't even last I've watched a TV program. I'm too busy soaking in the word of the Lord. Right? Time is so rare these days that um, um, I find myself drawing, being drawn to the love for the word and reading, trying to upgrade myself, because there's just so much to learn, so much to master in the scriptures. And 45 I am already, right? I got uh, the, the rest of the time on the planet, I must really soak myself and immerse myself in the word of the Lord. Amen? 
So the prosperity of the soul is the topic. Again, I want to read on page 4, 3 John chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers. I was glad when the brethren came and testified to your truth. That is how you are walking in truth. I have no greater joy than this, than to hear that my children are walking in truth. I said to you, the desire of God expressed in these verses is for his sons. We have references to beloved. We have references to my children. We have references to walking in truth. And so you are the beloved of God. It's God's will and God's desire for all of you to prosper and to be in and to be in good health. Prosperity, I'm not just talking about prosperity financially. Every time I reference prosperity, please be in mind that I'm talking about total prosperity. Um, he uses the phrase here, in all respects is the key word, not just financial. He says, you prosper in all respects and be in good health. For this reason, total prosperity and divine health have been two doctrines that have been grossly opposed or at least grossly misrepresented. Right? But these two issues are biblical. To prosper, not just financially, but in every domain, and then to be in good health is very important. But the important phrase is, the request is made to Gaius. This letter is addressed to Gaius. Third John is writing to Gaius. Hence to all of us. It's included in the canon of Scripture. So what is addressed to him is addressed to, to us. And he says, John says, uh, I wish, let me use one of your names, Mark. I wish, Mark, I pray for you that in all respects you may prosper. Think of this letter, personalize it to yourself. So when you read this, insert your name there. So, beloved Mark, I pray in all respects that you may prosper and that you may be in good health just as your, as your soul prospers. It's a request, as a desire for God himself, of God himself for, for every single one of us. But the key is total prosperity and divine health come to one whose soul is prospering. Because he said, in all respects you might prosper and be in good health as, keyword is, as your soul is prospering. As your soul is prospering. Now there is, for example, an expression of financial prosperity that is not depictive of a prosperous soul. Not all prosperity indicates or stems or issues forth from a soul that is prosperous. This particular principle that we're enunciating applies to the kingdom of God, to sons of God in the kingdom of God. Because it is possible to, to get wealth and lose your soul. Hmm? Um, there's the, the, uh, I'll reference this in future ses sessions, but let me just say this now, that remember the man who said, uh, I've increased and have an abundance, and I will build bigger barns, and the, the Lord says to him, um, you fool, little do you know that tonight your soul is, re, is required of you. Timothy warns, Paul warns Timothy about some 
that would be rich. He's, it talks about a person that has set their gaze on becoming wealthy, but it says they pierce themselves with many sorrows and hurts. So there is a, riches, a richness that comes with tremendous hurt in the soul, that comes with breaking of relationships. Some people get rich at any cost. I'm not talking about that kind of prosperity. Right? For the sons of God, in the, in the kingdom of God, we want to prosper in all respects and be in divine health, that that must be reflective of the fact that our souls are prospering. Amen? I want to encourage you. You, you must scar your mentality with these terms and with these principles. Think prosperous. Tell your neighbor, think prosperous. Even terms like a prosperous soul must become part of your vocabulary. You can talk to your children. You have a prosperous soul. Right? Your mind, your will, and your emotions are prosperous in the name of the Lord. Right? Embrace prosperity, total prosperity, as God's will for you. Hmm? Don't think that the future is bleak and that you're going to struggle for the rest of your life. Banish those thoughts from your mind. The fact that we are teaching this, signs and wonders are going to follow the word of the Lord. Tell you, it'll, be go, it'll go well with you. It will go well with you. Hmm? Because, you know, this is a prayer request. Beloved, I pray. If ever you want a subject to pray for, here's one. <laughs> okay. I'll show you how it's even biblical to pray for prosperity in, in a short while. Right? When you want to examine what to pray for, it's good to study all the apostolic prayers of Paul. In many of his epistles, he says, I pray, beloved, that. Or I pray that you might be filled with the spirit of wisdom. There's good pointers for your own personal prayer. This is one of them. God, I'm going to pray now, for example, for my wife, my, my family, three boys and the girl. And you know what? Whenever I pray for my, my own biological sons and, and girl, um, I cannot help but pray for the church. So if, let's say if I mention, Lord, I pray for Matthew, and da, da, da. And Lord, I pray for, and I start mentioning Chris, I start mentioning all the young people in there, in their age bracket, Joash. And I'll pray. If I'm praying for Renee, I'll start praying for all the ladies. And, and all, obviously I pray for the men as well. Right? So my biological family, for me, is a reminder of everybody. So what I wish for them, I wish for everybody. So you're all included. We're all family. Amen. So I pray equally with greater strength, with great strength for, for everyone. So this now is becoming a point of prayer for me. I pray, my wish, my desire for all of you is that you will prosper in all respects and be in divine health. But that's going to be determined by the degree to which your soul is prospering. It's very sad for me when I see people's souls not prospering, right? People not thinking like God does, not deciding as God decides, not feeling as God feels. Because I realize you are aborting your total life prosperity. You are aborting divine health even. Okay? The soul is like that element within man that makes him native to the earth that gives him legitimate expression in his body 
in an earth-based context. That soul must be thoroughly dependent upon a word-illuminated spirit. Remember the word is pressed in on the spirit. It must be impressed upon the soul. So when we say you must prosper as your soul prospers, we are presupposing that your spirit is already prospering. Don't think of this prosperity of the soul in isolated terms. The prosperity of the soul is only reflective of a spirit that's prospering. Because its light, its illumination, its health, its well-being, the soul, is directly dependent upon the word of the Lord, the principles of the Lord in, the, in, your, in your spirit. Okay? So prosper, when we say prosper as your soul prospers, we're presupposing that the soul is in its proper place, form, and function. Its place, its function, it draws its function by following the lead from the Spirit. And what in the Spirit? The Word of the Lord, the light of the Lord, the leading of the Lord. Right. So all these things we are taking for granted that you know already. Amen. So we say prosper as your soul prospers. It is, it is obedient. It is following blindly the leading of the Lord in the illumination that you've received in your spirit. It's not rebelling. Amen. It's not rebelling. It's obedient. In the New Testament on page um, 5, we said that the Greek word for prosper is yodu. Yodu means a prosperous journey, essentially. A prosperous journey to succeed in reaching a logical outcome or logical end. It also means to have help on the road. I like that meaning, to have help on the road. So the idea of prosperity relates to uh, reaching a determined outcome, a goal, or a destination. I try to graphically depict this there. So you have a point of departure where you're receiving a promise or an instruction to go, and you have a point of destination, a point of arrival, where the fulfillment of the promise, there's fulfillment of the instruction, which implies obedience. And when you get to the point of arrival in the graphic there, there's an attendant reward because you've arrived, fulfilled the instruction, arrived at the promise. Between those two points, the point of departure and the point of arrival, there's a process, and you've got the arrow between the two points. So you move from departure to arrival. But what gets you to the point of destination? What gets you there? Obedience. Not just obedience, but consistent obedience. So I want to encourage you. There's a whole bunch of scriptures which I may show you on Sunday, if I'm led of the Lord or at the next session. And I was studying them this week. I'm amazed at how easy this is. So often, God pictures prosperity alongside obedience. Very often. All kinds of prosperity come and they flow forth from obedience. Everyone say obedience. obedience. I wrote this right, I think, at the back of your notes. If you look, go there, because uh, it was so impressed as an emphasis upon me this week. It always has been, but just stood out for me. The bottom of page 14. NB, all expressions of prosperity flow from obedience to God's word. 
That you must remember. And I want to appeal to the church. Keep yourself obedient. Do not venture into disobedience. You're going to abort your potential prosperity. You're going to abort that which God has in store for you. Also, keep corporate obedience consistent so that a corporate blessing and prosperity can come upon the, the entire house. So don't move into disobedience because when you do that, you compromise potential corporate blessing upon the entirety of the, of the house. Remember Aiken's sin? One man's sin kept back what he should not have. When God looked at the situation, he did not say Aikinson, God said Israel sinned. One man's sin was accorded to the entire nation. Right? So obedience must be consistent. We have received prophetic word that we are about to shift, even physically out of this building, and that we are most vulnerable in our season of transition. Now is not the time to make a mistake. Now is not the time to mess up. If ever you're going to heighten your obedience, it is now in in this season. Amen? Now in this season. And God is very, very gracious to us. But we've got to demonstrate that we are worthy of the next level. We've got to arrive. Tell your neighbor, we've got to arrive. We've got to arrive at the next level. So consistent obedience. This word, yodu, means to embark upon a journey and to arrive. But it also means to have help along the way. And when I saw that in the Greek dictionary, I thought of uh, if Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Come, let us come boldly to the throne of grace to find help in times of our need. God's throne is one of grace. He rules. Think about this throne image of God. The throne is a place from which God's purposes are issued or expedited. That throne is not one of harsh judgment. Whenever you think of throne, you think of judgment, not so. But his throne is characterized by grace. So the writer of the book of Hebrews says, Let us, therefore, come boldly. Now you can only approach a throne with boldness, knowing that that throne hasn't got judgment. That that throne has got grace. He says, Come, therefore, brethren, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we might find what? Help, I think it's something else, grace and help or grace and mercy, in times, plural, times of our, of our need. The fact that you know He is merciful and He is gracious empowers you to come. And you don't come with arrogance, but you come boldly knowing of the nature of the God you serve. So as you embark upon this journey, God dispenses His grace, His empowerment, His enablement. Um, expressions of himself upon you as you obey and you start to move and I, I even believe you start to be then begin to accelerate towards your destination. Right? But the principle is keep yourself obedient. And I believe grace impartation will empower your obedience. Will empower your obedience. So... Um, what is then the destination? What is this point of arrival in reference to the soul? If I prosper as my soul prospers, so my soul must prosper, yodu, it says my soul must be on this journey of, from a point of departure to a point of arrival. What is that in reference to the soul? 
And I put my thoughts just in bold there in the last paragraph. For me, the destination in reference to the soul is when the soul comes to total renewal, reflected in absolute unquestioning obedience and conformity to the will or the word of God as it is revealed to the spirit. A mouthful there. Let me break it down. Okay, don't read further. Just look at me. He's trying to explain that. What then is a prosperous soul? And we, we basically delineated this further in, a, in, in 11 points, late in the notes. But if you want to couch it in general terms, prosperous soul, a prosperous soul is one that is totally renewed. Your soul is being renewed day by day. Um, now, where it, where, where it says total renewal, this doesn't mean that you've arrived and your soul is completely perfect. But I would say at least you are progressively renewing your soul. You're on the path to progressive renewal on the soul day by day. Right? Until you reach perfection. In the area of what is your soul? Your? Your mind? Your? Your will and your? Emotions. So a mind that thinks like God understands like God. Your, your um, will? Is your decider a soul that decides like God, makes choices like God would? Your emotions is how you feel. A soul whose even feelings or emotions mirrors God's posture on any issue or at any time. So when my when my thinking, when my decisions, and when my feelings are like God, my soul is on a path to total renewal, on a path to being prosperous. Right? Now this process is ongoing, and it's, it's never, uh, it's not a static thing. It's an ever-evolving thing. Your soul should be more prosperous this year than it was last year. Okay? It's an ever-progressive renewal or restoration. David said, he restoreth. Present continuous tense. He's always doing it. He's restoring my, he's restoring my soul. Right? We are renewed. We are changed by the renewing of our, of our minds. And so, the more we can do this, I believe, the faster we can attain external indications of every form of prosperity. Now, let me just finish this. The three areas of the soul. The mind, that's your understanding and your thinking, your will, your decisions and choices, and your emotions, your feelings, must be totally compliant to the word, the will, and the ways of God. That is, think like God thinks. Understand as God understands. Your decisions must be reflective of His intent, and your feelings and emotions must mirror His. Okay? Please remind yourself, please remind yourself, do a check on yourself daily. Ask yourself. Tell us you can even do this. Am I thinking like God on this issue? Issue as presented. My responses. What is God's view? Am I thinking like God or am I thinking like men? Am I understanding like God? Or am I understanding as a man? Do I have the mind of Christ on this? Or do I have the mind of unrenewed Randolph? My perspective must be God's perspective. You know, it's so important. It is as easy as that to work out if your soul is prospering. 
If you can say, there's a situation before me, I have God's perspective of it. If I have God's perspective of it, I'll have God's response to it. If your thought processes and your understanding is not dovetailing with God's, guess what? Your soul is not prospering. And guess what? It's going to compromise your entry into every, every form of prosperity. Even divine health. Hmm? A soul that has a will and whose decisions and choices are reflective of God's intent. Right? So you make a choice that is in keeping with God's will. You've demonstrated I have a prosperous soul who has who makes choices as God would. If in the area of your soul, your emotions, you adopt a certain emotional content that mirrors how God feels about the situation. You've, you're demonstrating, so you can't be ecstatic if God is saddened by a situation. Just think, make it practical. You can't be, um, you can't celebrate when God is angry about the same situation you are celebrating. You've just demonstrated that you are out of sync in terms of what God feels about an issue. Hmm? This is very important. Come on, everyone say mind, will, emotions. If I'm saying those are three areas of your soul, and I'm saying you've got to prosper there, because you don't prosper there, you won't prosper anywhere else. And if you don't think like God, decide like God, feel like God, you're not going to get the level of total life prosperity that God has for you. This thing is almost tangible. I can feel it, that great prosperity is coming to the house. But some of us will not enter it if we do not actively bring the, the, the will of God to bear upon our souls. Because you will only steward that degree of wealth, even financially, if you're demonstrating accelerated progression in the area of your soul being prosperous. That's a journey. I put a post this week on this word on, on uh, the Eternal Sound School of Ministry Facebook page and I said something to the effect that prosperity is not an event it's a, it's a journey like the word suggests everyone say journey and let me say this to you I say this seriously I feel the Lord here tonight I'm saying this to all of us very very seriously it's not an event some of us are waiting for magic because I use the word magic because a good friend of mine in Stanger responded with a comment, and he says, oh, I like this, this implication, because most Christians think it's magic. Prosperity is not magic. Prosperity comes to one, that's why I say consistent, that is consistently obedient. This is not, um, um, yeah, it's not magic. It comes, it's a, it comes to one who is in process. You have to be in process. I am saying to us, accelerate your personal process. Accelerate the degree to which 
you bring your soul, how you think, how you decide, and how you feel, you bring your soul in compliance to God's expectation for your life. Think about how serious this is. How serious it is if you adopt, let's say in the area of your mind or your thinking, if you adopt a thought or a worldview or a perspective on an event, a person, a situation that does not match God's. You've just demonstrated that you are in that degree, in that area, that your soul is not renewed. Because it doesn't match up with what God is. And what you are saying is, God, I am willing to put, I was on this journey, but I pressed the pause button. Because, yeah, I'm not, I'm not growing in this area. Right? I'm not growing in this area. Or I have to make a decision. And my decisions aren't mirroring yours. You've just pressed the pause button. We were going on so well, but we've pressed pause. Or uh, you adopted a feeling about a thing. Or even an emotional content about an issue. Right? And you know it's not reflective of how God feels about it. You've just pressed the pause button. Tell them this is very serious. This is very, 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 very serious to me. Right? So whenever you think prosperity, the Greek word, yodu, you think um, hodos, and I think, uh, never mind how the word is constructed. I won't go into that semantics. But it's very interesting when you do a semantic study on this word, Greek word, yodu, from two different words. To do good and then hold us to be on a path or journey or way or walk. Right? To do good along your walk. Um, it's, you're always on the walk. Right? You're always embarking upon a journey. You know, um, um, we, I was at the meeting today where we were encouraged to sow in every respect. Finances wasn't even mentioned, by the way. In case you're thinking sowing and reaping. Um, you do you know that you are sowing all the time? Right now you are sowing. The fact that you came to a Bible study, you're sowing. You're going to reap because of what you sow. Do you know when you adopt a thought or attitude, you are sowing, and you're going to reap a result based on how you think? Do you know when you make a comment or observation on a situation? Do you know what you're doing? You're sowing seed. It's going to come back to you. Tell you that way, everything comes back. Everything comes back. Right? And I was so challenged today when the minister said to us, you are personally responsible for your world. You do not take the blame and you put it anywhere else. You take personal responsibility. I've said this years ago, and I remember saying it in a, in a study, and people got quite offended with me. I said this, that according to the law of sowing and reaping, the present state and quality of your life, you deserve it because it is simply a result of what you've sown previously. I would say 90, about 90% 90 of your present experience is because of what you have sown into get this world. You've got what you've got because you've sown what you've sown. And everybody said, you better say Amen. Right? You've got what you've got because you've sown what you've sown. And I'm thinking, people want to wake up one day and think, hey presto, 
and everything is changed. No, if you want things to change, start to sow differently. Start to have a different mind. Start to think as God thinks. Start to decide as God decides. Start to sow accurately and start to create a different world for your existence. That's why it's so important for our young people which are here this evening. Start sowing while you are yet young. When you come to our age, how old are you, Chris? 20. Okay, I'm 45. I'm 25 years older than you, bro. <laughs> Imagine. I wish I was your age now, hearing things I'm hearing now. I wish I was there where you are, being exposed to this. Right? I would, I would, I would wake up every day, God, I want to sow diligently so I can reap a, a, a good attendant result. But you know, even if you've messed up, it's not the end of the world because there's grace. God's so merciful. Right? And I want to encourage you, start to sow. I'm not even talking finances. Start to sow right thinking. Start to sow right thoughts, right attitudes. It's, in, it's incumbent upon every single one of us to sow correctly. Go to page six. You know what I felt the Lord saying to me today, Randolph, uh, in some respect, how can I bless you according to what you want? When you're not even thinking like I'm thinking about certain issues. You're not even mirroring my understanding about things. You're not even feeling the way I feel about issues, but you want my blessing. It doesn't work. If you prosper as your soul, prospers. When I looked at the Old Testament, the Old Testament, oh, by the way, I, mean, I need to say this, both in Old and New, there are various variants of the idea of prosperity. And we, that will come up in subsequent sessions. But just for now, we're looking at the words themselves. In the, in the Old Testament, there are at least six different words, all translated prosperity. The most often used one is this word, salah salia. Okay, salah salia. <laughs> Not salah salaikum like we said. Salah salia. To push forward, to break out mightily, to go over, to be profitable, to be victorious, to succeed. To be successful. To be successful. I like the terms push forward, break out, go over, be profitable, to be victorious. It's like you are in a certain the place of departure, but you need to break out to the next level. And I, I said to you at the last session, terms like break out, break forth, and break through capture the essence of the meaning of this word. Right? Break out, break forth, break through. So you break out mightily. You go over. It also means victory to be profitable, etc. So it, it relates to attaining success at any level in the execution of God's will um, for your life personally or for the people um, within your sphere of impact to which you relate or to which you are called. Some examples of how this word is used in the Bible. For example, it's used, it also encapsulates the idea of a prosperous journey. Right? Genesis 24, 21. This is where um, Abram sends his servant to find a bride for Isaac. Remember when he goes and he finds Rebekah. So he was mandated with a task. An instruction was given, so he embarks upon the process. And because he wants to please Abram, he's very intent on his 
journey being prosperous. He wants to attain the outcome. So the man gazed at her. When he sees Rebecca, he knows this is the one for Isaac. Right? He says, the man gazed at her in silence to learn whether the Lord prospered his journey or not. Right? Prospered his journey or not. So when it says, yes, this word, Salah, Saliyah, he wants to know whether the Lord is prospering his journey or not. He wants to know whether I am going to be successful in fulfilling the command of my master to make the selection of an accurate bride. When he sees Rebecca, these ideas start to grab his mind. And so you are prosperous when you execute the task of the Lord accurately. The next verse, oh, that's the wrong reference. It should be Genesis 24:40. Later on, he said, but he said to me, this is the, I think Rebecca's father says to him, the Lord before whom I have walked will send his angel with you and prosper your way, prosper your journey. Next point, the prospering of a person by God causing success in all things. Right? Second Chronicles 25, 26 verse 5 says, He continued to seek God in the days of Zechariah. Oh, this here is referring to King Uzziah. Right? He continued to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding through the vision of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God prospered him. Uzziah uh, is going to be a subject of intense study for us later on. Because he, he used, invented a lot of weapons of war, witty inventions. He had a skill and a wisdom in his day. It was given to him by God. So where does prosperity come from? It comes from God. In this context, Uzziah breaks out mightily. He's victorious. He's profitable in everything he does so long as he seeks the Lord. Okay? So long as you seek God, keep God as the object of your desire, God can prosper you like he did King Uzziah. More on that later. Next point. It also indicates a successful person as a result of favor or grace by God given to him. Again, I want to stress, prosperity at all levels comes from God himself. Right? Concerning Joseph, Genesis 39, verse 1 to 6, Joseph was brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him to the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and the Lord, and he was a prosperous man. Tell your neighbor, I'm a prosperous man or woman. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. You can write the presence of the Lord. You've got to have the presence of the Lord to prosper. Can't have prosperity without presence. God is with him. Uzziah sought the Lord. God is always the focus. Sought the Lord. God is with you. And the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hands. Whatever he touched turned to gold. And Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him. And he made him overseer of his house and all that he had to put into his hand. It came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house, that's Potiphar's house, for Joseph's sake. 
Why was Potiphar blessed? Because Joseph was favored by God. So you can bring prosperity to your context. You are blessed, but your boss and his business becomes blessed because he employed you. So next time, put that on your CV, on your job application. If you employ me, this business is going to know the favor of God. Right? Joseph is employed in Potiphar's house, and Potiphar soon realized, hey, he recognized the level of prosperity and blessing in this domain has gone up a notch because of this man, Joseph. The blessing of the Lord on your life can be mightily infectious. And I want to encourage you, start to be a blessing wherever you are. In your workplace, if I phone your boss up, I say, I have a son there working for you. I mustn't get a bad report. Ooh, that is your son in the Lord. The report must rather be, oh, praise God that your son is working for me. I've never, because they are here, the blessing of the Lord is here. Because they are here, favor is here. Because there, yeah, we can sense a distinct increase in the levels of our own prosperity. So I want to encourage you, infect your world with the blessing and the grace and the favor that God brings. Joseph was favored by God and that favor found, um, brought him favor in the eyes of Pharaoh, or Potiphar, sorry, in this context. And verse 6, he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat. Joseph was a goodly person and well-favored. Amen? Like David was, says he was a goodly person. Like Moses was, it says, and when the child was born, his parents noted that he was a goodly child. Hmm? Tell you never be goodly. <laughs> okay. Oh, King James, right? Um, a proper you have a distinct uh, character of the grace of God upon your life. It must be noticeable. Right? Fayetteville School must be blessed because Quinton works there. Hmm? What's the name of your company, Carol? End to end must be blessed because Carol works there. Amen? I believe we, whatever workplace you are, I pronounce as I'm teaching over you the blessing of the Lord upon you and upon your workplace. It's not just going to happen. It's going to be noticeable by your superiors that this company is blessed because there's a Joseph here. Right? And with that recognition, I prophesy of you, with that recognition from your superiors will come unprecedented favor upon you, even through them. Right? The favor wasn't just on Joseph. The Bible says he found favor in the eyes of his master. Right? I just love it and read it. Just go to verse 5. The last part. The Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. Joseph's in the house, but the field is blessed because he's in the house. It's like, the whole, it's like this man stands, and wherever he stands, he has like a radius and a sphere of impact, and everything in his world receives the blessing of the Lord. Amen? Everyone just do this. Just do this. Come on. Do some prophetic action. Everything in my world, I declare blessed. Uh, Matthew's UCT jazz department must be blessed because he's a student there. Right? Liam's department at CFAD must be blessed because he's a student there. 
Chris, where you're studying must be blessed because you are there. Hmm? You are the agent. You are the catalyst for the favor and the blessing of God in your, in your world. Amen? DHS is blessed because Joash is there. What's the name of your school? Star College. What a name. Star College is blessed because you are there. You must, Kiki, you must think like this. I walk in there, I'm the Joseph in this place. I love God, I seek God, the favor of God is all over me. Right? Even if you must come to your class, do some prophetic action, but don't tell them on, on Monday. Come in there and say, Everything in the house and in the field is blessed. I will infect my environment. I am the gate. Tell him I am the gate, gate of the Lord, through which he comes. God comes riding through me in my world. Become a change agent. Affect your atmosphere. I decree upon you all that you are Joseph in your world. And God has uniquely favored and has uniquely blessed you.